Let us pray. Prepare our hearts, O God, to accept Your Word. Silence in us any voice but Your own, that hearing we may also obey Your will. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. So we'll begin with the Old Testament. Jeremiah. Jeremiah 1, verses 4 through 10. The call of Jeremiah. Now, the word of the Lord came to me, said Jeremiah, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. Then I, Jeremiah said, Ah, Lord God, behold, I do not know how to speak, for I am only a youth. But the Lord said to me, Do not say, I am only a youth. For to all to whom I send you, you shall go. And whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you to deliver you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have set you this day over nations and over kingdoms to pluck up and to break down, to destroy and to overthrow, to build and to plant. Our next reading comes from Hebrews 12, verse 18 through 29. And our readings from Hebrew today addresses the destination of the journey that people of faith will take, employing images of the Exodus. So, in other words, in this passage you'll hear allusions to the Exodus story. Hebrews 12, verse 18 through 29. For you have not come to what may be touched, a blazing fire and darkness and gloom and a tempest and the sound of a trumpet and a voice whose words made the hearers beg that no further messages be spoken to them. For they could not endure the order that was given. If even a beast touches the mountain, it shall be stoned. Indeed, so terrifying was the sight that Moses said, I tremble with fear. But you have come to Mount Zion and to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to innumerable angels and festal gatherings, and to the assembly of the firstborn who are enrolled in heaven, and to God, the judge of all, and to the spirits of the righteous made perfect, and to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant, and to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. See that you do not refuse him who is speaking. For if they did not escape when they refused him who warned them on earth, much less will we escape if we reject him who warns from heaven. At that time his voice shook the earth, but now he has promised. Yet once more, I will shake not only the earth, but also the heavens. This phrase, yet once more, indicates the removal of things that are shaken. That is, things that have been made, in order that the things that cannot be shaken may remain. Therefore, let us be grateful for receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, and thus let us offer to God acceptable worship with reverence and awe, for our God is a consuming fire. Finally, our reading is Luke 13, verses 10 through 17, which will also be the passage which I preach on this morning. It's titled by editors, A Woman with a Disabling Spirit, it also is titled, you know, a woman with, a, no, a crippled woman. It has a variety of titles that I will get into in just a few minutes. But interestingly, at least I think so, 
Jesus heals a person about whom many in her day would have not considered socially important. In other words, most people would have considered her not worthy of being healed. Yet Jesus heals her as if she was a vital person, which she was. Luke 13. Now, Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And behold, there was a woman who had, had there was a woman who had a disabling spirit for 18 years. She was bent over and could not fully straighten, straighten, straighten her. When Jesus saw her, he called her over and said to her, Woman, you are freed from your disability. And he laid his hands on her. And immediately she was made straight. And she glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue, indignant because Jesus had healed on the Sabbath, said to the people, There are six days in which work ought to be done. Come on those days and be healed, and not on the Sabbath day. Then the Lord answered him, You hypocrites! You hypocrites, does not each of you on the Sabbath untie his ox and his donkey from the manger and lead it away to water it? And ought not this woman, a daughter of Abraham, who Satan bound for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? As he said these things, all of his adversaries were put to shame and all the people rejoiced at all the glorious things that were done by Jesus. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Title, title of my sermon this morning is A Diminished Spirit. The question for the morning is, have you ever, have you ever, have you ever felt bound by a spirit of weakness? There's a modern-day author by the name of Lissa Terkurst. She wrote a book called Uninvited. She's written many books, but she's a Christian novelist, and she wrote... Rejection never has the final say. That's her faith. That's what she believes. Rejection never has the final say. I know from personal experience, when faced with rejection, it hurts. It hurts. Few, few of us can shake it off. You probably know from personal experience. From the, the days of that, remember that first crush you had on somebody? That they weren't interested in you. I know what that felt like. Or how about, how about that rejection letter that comes when you applied for a job and you interviewed and it's towards the end of your career and you know this is it. It hurts. Just remember, rejection never has the final say. 
And this brings me to the object of our story. The object of our story this morning is in the Gospel according to Luke. And it only appears in the Gospel according to Luke. It doesn't appear anywhere else in the Scriptures. Is the crippled woman. We meet this woman in verse 11. And she's described in a variety of ways. I went through all kinds of translations to find all the ways that she is described. In uh, in the NRSV, which is in your pew, she's described with a spirit that had crippled her for 18 years. I turn to my, what translation I work from, the English Standard Version, ESV, and it, it says, a woman who had had a disabling spirit for 18 years. So, disabling spirit, crippled, well, then I went and looked up a New Living Translation, which was really popular about 20 years ago. But New Living Translation said, a woman who had been crippled by an evil spirit. Well, that's different. And then, and then again, in the King James Version, which is you know, the foundation of, of uh, you know, as, as the joke goes, Jesus spoke in King James. So, but what it, it, so in the King James Version, it was, which had a spirit of infirmity. 18 years. So you see, there's a variety of ways that brilliant people have translated this passage. And I'll teach you something about Bible scholarship. When you find such variation, pay attention. Pay attention. Because you can be sure there is significant disagreement behind the translation. You can be sure that men and women sat in rooms for days trying to figure out how to translate that one phrase. And why might that be? Because in the original text, it couldn't be more vague. It is absolutely vague. Nobody knows what she had. Nobody knows if they're talking figuratively. Are they talking literally? You know, nobody has an idea. They just know that Jesus healed this woman. But despite this, one thing is definite. One thing. In In every translation, it never varies. Jesus healed her. Jesus healed her. Never varies. No matter what else they might say, they say, Jesus healed her. And then the key word, immediately. Immediately, the woman was made straight. Made straight. That's a key, that's a key phrase in this. Made straight. And this, this is what starts the, 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 the translational struggle. Made straight has been disguised by, disguised, described by scholars as being put right. Well... It's, it's when somebody's healed of an illness, are they put right? It's, and when somebody's healed of an evil spirit, are they put right? You know, it, it's, it's, it's worthy of you to discuss later today. But the woman was put right. So that's one translational that never varies, no matter who's writing it. She was put right. Yes, and that could simply mean that her back that had been bowed for 18 years by disease was now upright. It could be literal. It could be that, yes, Yes, it's literally her, Jesus touched her and her back just pops up. But commentary, but a commentary revisiting this passage has, has stirred my thoughts. The reason being, perhaps Jesus gave the woman a new status. Perhaps Jesus gave the woman a new status. She was put right. Jesus flags it when he calls her a daughter of Abraham. The daughter of Abraham. That, was a, that, was, that never shows up in Scripture. 
This is the only time the term daughter of Abraham shows up in Scripture. And who says it? But Jesus. That's significant if you want to see the, the passage from another, from another angle. And, the, and, and so, but it's a title that dignifies her. Because all those men standing around her, they all knew they were sons of Abraham and they did not believe a woman on this earth was a daughter of Abraham. They did not, they, 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 no, they would never come out of their mouths. But he, in the face of all of his adversaries, said, this daughter of Abraham, he dignified her. And it's, a, and it's sensitive to her plight. It was a crown of honor by Christ upon the woman's head before everybody who had rejected her. There's an ancient, ancient pastor who wrote on this out of Scotland. His, his name, they, he goes by J.M.E. Ross. Now I'm going to tell you what his whole name was. John Murdoch Ebenezer Ross. Man, that sounds like something that should be writing commentaries. But, but he, he wrote some brilliant commentaries. But, but this one on Luke, he says, and so, and he's the one that kind of penned the crown of honor upon her head. And, and this, if you think of it this way, this woman was truly made straight. Truly upright. When Jesus gave her a reason to stand upright and wear the crown of this new status. The, the men of the synagogue may have complained that Jesus healed on the Sabbath, but I think that was a, um, that was a uh, deflection. Because really what they were irritated about is that somebody dared call a woman the daughter of Abraham. Go back to the well, woman. But they were enraged when she was put on par with all the brothers of Abraham. How dare this man mess with the status quo was what the leader of the synagogue was really saying. In the midst of their gloom, the woman was filled with an intense gratitude after she stood upright after so many years of weary social bondage. Have you ever felt bound by a spirit of weakness? Have you ever felt that no one cares about you? Have you ever felt that no one listens to you? Especially, can you identify with the woman in this story? Perhaps you can. It has been observed over the centuries that Jesus had a significant ministry to women. And from my perspective, Christ still does. If we only study the shack, how, the, how the shackles have grown lately, if we only study how the chains have grown heavier, in many settings and for many topics, as Jesus walked the streets of this country, you may ask yourself, what would Jesus do? I believe Jesus would repeat these words. Woman, you are freed from your bondage. How can that be? No matter the intensity of your rejection in the kingdom of God, you wear a crown. Have you ever felt the bounds? I hope not. But if you have, it's not the last experience of your life. For in the kingdom of God, you too wear a crown. Let us pray. Lissa, 
they're cursed. She said, as I said, rejection never has the final say. Rejection may be a delay or distraction or even a devastation for a season, but she continued, but it's never a final destination. As she spoke of herself, she says, I'm destined for a love that can never be diminished, tarnished, shaken, or taken. With you, Jesus, I'm forever safe. I'm forever accepted. I'm forever held. Completely loved and always invited in. Dear Lord, we too, by You, are loved in a way that can never be diminished, never tarnished, never shaken, never taken. Forever safe, forever accepted, forever held. Completely loved. And always invited. Thanks be to God. In Jesus' name, we pray.